Okay. All right. Um, now that they're safely out of here for a while, um, well, uh, okay, I won't say that. Okay. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Matthew 7, verse 6 is where we're at this morning. This really isn't easy, easy territory, and so I want to choose my words very carefully and uh, try to get across what I really believe this is teaching and uh, what the heart of God is, because this is very important to us. This is about, this is about talking to people about Jesus Christ and witnessing to them. And do you ever give up, or you do, do you just fight till the end, and you're going to give them the gospel no matter what happens? I mean, what do we do, and especially if there's enemies of the gospel and they don't want to hear I just want to begin by saying, as we look at this passage, is that God is saying uh, to us something that should be clear to us, and what he says is, do not, do not. What do you believe that God is trying to say when we read a passage where he says, do not? Well, I think that what we should take from that is that God is saying we shouldn't do something, and do not means do not. Well, if I go ahead and do something that God said not to do, there's probably going to be some trouble, probably some heartache for it. And I imagine God in heaven is probably saying something to us like, what part of do not do you do not understand? And uh, that's uh, probably a problem on our part. It's not that we don't understand what God says to us. Sometimes it's really that we are rebellious and don't do what God says to us. We think we know better, and so we just skip the do not, and we don't take it to heart. We just think, well, I know better, and I can do whatever I want here. And that's just not the truth. Now, uh, this is still our introduction. I'm trying to get us to understand God said in this issue, do not. And we want to find out what, are we're, not, what we're not supposed to do. And I think that uh, it is appropriate then for us to gain a little more knowledge and turn to Proverbs 17:12, and realize that there's different kinds of people uh, in this world, different kinds of people, and not everybody is easy to talk to. Not everybody is going to listen to what you have to say. In Proverbs 17:12, it says, Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Now, when I was younger, I used to do lots of backpacking, took high school groups on backpack trips up in the Rocky Mountains, and I can tell you this, uh, I was n always praying that we wouldn't run into a bear, especially a mama bear who had her cubs, because people die in those situations. Uh, because of that, I always carried a Colt 45 in the backpack. None of the kids knew we had those things like that, or bear spray, because that's the last thing we wanted to happen. The Lord is saying it'd be better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool who is living in his folly. So one of the things we want to make note of here, and I think it's appropriate for our discussion, that there are certain kinds of people in this world of whom God would say, do not trouble yourself with them. Do not trouble yourself with them. Now, I, I would never say that I'm going to withhold the telling of the gospel from any person. Uh, if somebody will listen to me, I will give them the gospel. If they reject it and turn away from it, uh, it depends on what kind of a person that is, whether I'm going to go back. Do I want to meet a fool in his folly? Uh, is that what I'm dealing with? And I need to assess what am I dealing with so that I can obey the do not that God has in this particular passage. Do not means do not. The ones we don't work and sacrifice ourselves to reach are called in this passage the dogs 
and the pigs. Obviously, that's metaphorical, right? Uh, the dog stands for a certain kind of character in a person, and also the pig stands for a certain kind of character in a person. God is really not talking today about uh, the lives of animals, dogs, and pigs. But we're going to talk about dogs and pigs, because if we don't understand what they are, then we're not going to understand what God is telling us, so we're going to do that. We need to understand them both, so we can understand what God is telling us in this scripture to do, in this, in this part of his word. So now let's read our text. It won't take long. You could probably even memorize it this morning. It says in Matthew 7, 6, Jesus uh, preaching and teaching the people. He says, do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls. So there's two words there that are important. We're talking about that which is holy. The word of God is holy. Salvation is holy. Life with God is holy. And do not throw your pearls, that which is valuable and costly. Uh, God, uh, and through Jesus, is going to tell a parable later in Matthew, in chapter 13, 46, where he says, a man found a pearl of great price. He went out and sold everything that he had, so he had enough money to buy that pearl. So pearls were seen in the New Testament, something very valuable. So God is saying, do not give what is holy, the things of God, God's things are holy, to dogs. What we're going to learn is that in the Bible, the dogs were looked at as something as somewhat unholy. And do not throw your pearls, that which is precious and costly, before the swine, because pigs don't care how much money is spent on them. Pigs don't care, you know, what their surroundings are really like. They, 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 they're used to filth, they live in filth, and if you throw something valuable to them, they're going to treat it in a very unvaluable way. So he says, do not give what is holy to dogs, do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now what he did was, there in what we call a chiastic structure in the text, uh, from the Greek letter key, which is like an X. It's not chi, by the way, it's key in, in the biblical text. And what he did, he, he said, uh, holy to the dogs and pearls to the swine, then he brings in the swine, because they're, they're next, and says they will trample them, and that's what swine do. Then he talks about the dogs, and they will turn and tear you to pieces. So he, he went from A-B to B-A, and that's how he structured this passage. The meaning is going to not be affected by that, but it's made a little more clear for us in this. So the first thing we want to discover is, why would Jesus say, don't give the holy things to the dogs, what dogs is he talking about? Is he talking about my pet poodle I had when I was a kid named Charlie or our Chihuahua? Or was he talking about your dog or something like that? No, he's not talking about real dogs. He's talking about the characteristic of a dog. That's what he's talking about. And that's what we want to learn. So what was a dog? Please notice I'm saying this in biblical times because dogs are not that way today. They're still the same, but there's something really different. What was a dog in Bible times? Now, first of all, to understand that, let's see how it was used. So let's go all the way back to Psalm 22. If you have your Bible, I hope you do. Psalm 22. And what we're discovering is, in what light are dogs put in in the Bible? How, how do they look at them in Bible times? You're not going to be happy about it, okay? I'll just tell you that right now, but that's the way it was. We, we have a higher value of dogs than they ever did. And so here's what's happening. You're looking at Psalm 2. That is a psalm of the cross. Psalm 2 tells us 
things hundreds of years before Jesus hung on the cross exactly what Jesus was going to say on the cross. So we, things, we see things in verse 1 like, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, who said that? Jesus did. All right? Um, he said, You have been my God from my mother's womb. Jesus said that. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. And then we want to get down to the passage we want to look at, and that's verse 16. So picture Jesus on the cross, and he's looking at all the evil and wicked people standing around him who want to do him harm, and, and he's describing how they're acting and what they are. And he says in verse 16, For dogs have surrounded me. He's talking about the evil, wicked people that are around him. Remember, dogs tend to tear apart what they eat. And a band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. He's talking about the crucifixion. So Jesus looks at the people that are putting him on the cross and killing him, and, and he uses this picture of them that they're dogs. And they're also the strong bulls of Bashan, or roaring lions, and all those things that he uses in that passage. Drop down to verse 20, he says, Jesus says, Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog, the power of of the evildoers. So he's delivering, he's wanting deliverance from the power of the dogs. He'll get that deliverance from his death that day. It's a messianic psalm. It's a prediction of Christ on the cross. Now let's go all the way back to Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to have you looking up some verses. So uh, if that frustrates you, I'll look them up and read them. But if you can do it, I'd like you to. I want you to know this stuff comes right from the Bible. Matthew 15, 26. And he answered and he said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. You know who he's talking to? There's a Canaanite woman who came to where Jesus was eating, and she was asking uh, Jesus for help spiritually. And Jesus was surrounding by, surrounded by people that didn't like Canaanites, and by the way, considered them to be a race of dogs anyway, uh, dirty people and evil people. And this Canaanite woman is, is wanting just, you know, some crumbs from the table. And the Lord Jesus is talking to her in front of all these people, uh, that are gathered around. And uh, she came up and began to bow down before him and saying, help me, Lord. And Jesus, speaking to what the people around him were thinking as well, said, uh, he said to her, it is not good to take the children's bread, meaning the Israelites' bread, and throw it to the dogs. He's talking about the Canaanites. So basically, this woman just got called a dog because she belongs to the Canaanites. And what makes her different then the people that we are supposed to do the do not thing to is that she had a heart for God. And she had a heart to stay in there. Jesus practically just insulted her. And she doesn't care. Here's where I get my help. Here's where I'm going to, to find the, what I need, the remedy for my soul. And so she answers him. And she says, but yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Jesus didn't say this about a lot of people in Israel, especially outsiders, but he said, oh, woman, your faith is great. It will be done for you as you've wished. And so we understand that, again, dogs is used in somewhat of a pejorative manner, a demeaning manner, in reference to uh, the Canaanites. And Jesus was using that figurative speech to refer to unbelievers who are hostile to the gospel. And then let's look at Philippians 3.2. We're still building a picture in our minds of what the Bible has to say about about dogs. All right, Philippians chapter 3, verse 2. Now notice Paul says, 
He says, I'm writing to you again, things I already wrote about, but it's not a problem for me. And he says in verse 2, beware of the dogs. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to put this in the context. And he said, beware of the dogs. So we already know it has something to do with evil and wicked people, right? We know that. But he says, beware of the dogs. Look at the context. Look at what he put the word dogs with in the context. And he says this, beware of the dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, because we're the true circumcision. So he's still talking about evil people and wicked people and people that don't do what God tells them to do. And so our picture of the dogs includes people that are wicked and evil and capable of doing wicked and evil things. Well, what are people capable of doing? And, and how bad can it get? Well, we read in our verse that they could turn and trample you or they can devour you. But there's another place because it mentions dogs. I want to go to Galatians 5, 14 and 15. Uh, Jesus says for the whole law, he means the first five books of the Bible is fulfilled in one word in one statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you do not consume one another. Take care that you don't consume one another. Tear each other apart. There is the capacity in humans, there's the capacity to rip at people, tear at people, and tear them apart. And they're not there to get what they're, they're not like that Canaanite woman at Jesus' feet. They're enemies of the cross. They don't care what Jesus has to say. They're against what Jesus is saying. And people can devour you and uh, do all manner of, of bad things to you. And then another one in Revelation twenty-two fifteen. Revelation twenty-two fifteen. Sorry, my allergies are just really kicking up. They should find a cure for that, really. All right, in uh, Revelation twenty-two fifteen. Now, what we're, we're doing is we're looking at a context again. And <clears throat> Jesus gives us in verse 14, Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. He's talking about the eternal city. In verse 15, he said, outside. Outside what? Outside the city. Outside the place where there are people who have washed their robes in the blood of Christ and are holy, outside that city are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. And so we're getting a picture that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when somebody was looked at as a dog or called a dog, they're evil, they're wicked, they don't accept the things of God, uh, they're hostile to God, and that's the picture that the Bible gives us. The outsiders are all those who don't have a place in the kingdom of Christ. They're also the enemies of Christ. They're outside, which all of us are before we trust Christ as our Savior, right? It teaches us in Romans chapter 5, 10, 11, that we're all enemies of God when we're created, when we're conceived in the womb, but we don't want to stay enemies. So now I want to talk to you a little bit about what is the character of a dog. What is a dog then? Our modern idea, which is different, our modern idea of dogs was not the case in Bible times, not the Old Testament, not the New Testament. So if you're thinking about Fluffy at home, and what you think about that dog and how you take care of fluff, uh, that, that's not what they're thinking at all. It's, it's completely different. Uh, I don't know if anybody has a dog named Fluffy. If you do, I, I apologize, okay? Anybody have a Fluffy dog? Okay, good. Oh, you, oh okay, all right. I thought, I thought I had a confirmation, but we're going to go with Fluffy. 
our modern idea is different. There's an entire world, you know this, there's an entire world of medicine and medical care for dogs in our world and, and all other animals, right? Uh, multi-billions of dollars spent every year on the care of animals and on uh, veterinarians and they're, and they're getting their medical degree and, and they're working on animals. They're dedicated to animals. They like animals. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the way it was in Bible times. There's this whole world of medicine and medical care for dogs in our world. People who have dedicated themselves and, uh, to, to those animals and their well-being and their health and their happiness. And that's okay. That's different than in the times of the, of the New and Old Testament. Uh, I learned from our own veterinarian uh, in a meeting one night, I learned, and I didn't know this, that there are plans for pet care in the event of a natural disaster that takes place, like a hurricane, tornado, or flood. We were talking about that one night in, a, in an elder and deaconess meeting. I don't know why. Uh, probably, probably I brought it up. But anyway, um, you know, what do we do in a crisis? How do we help people? Okay. And the issue uh, came up, and uh, Amy just mentioned, uh, you know, we have disaster relief for dogs, too. And I didn't know that. I had no idea that all the trailers coming in, some of those were for veterinarians, and some of them for the care of animals, people's pets that got caught in a tornado or a hurricane, and they actually show up at these disasters and take care of the pets. And uh, I can guarantee you that in the Old Testament times, that didn't happen. There are organizations in our world that are devoted to rescuing dogs uh, that are not being cared for properly. And if you ever see their ads on TV, they last about 15 minutes. And uh, sometimes you want to just give just to get it to stop. <clears throat> but they, they care about these animals. And sometimes you see the way animals are treated and it's, it's absolutely horrible. And none of us are for that at all. They didn't care so much in Bible times. Today there are kennel clubs and exclusive clubs for certain types of dogs that people own and you can only come there if you have that kind of dog i know somebody that had a dog they bought it they paid big money for it but they got a great discount and they went to that that dog's club in a big city and what they found out was <laughs> our dog doesn't look like any of these our dog is a half breed our dog is not purebred and they felt like well we shouldn't be there and everybody said yeah you probably shouldn't be here this is for our kennel club this is for the purebreed so you need to go somewhere else and that's uh, that's kind of the way it is there are millions of dollars spent on development and acquisition of dietary uh, health food for dogs. And uh, it, it's millions of dollars people spend on that. I, I know that there are dogs and cats that eat better every day than thousands of people around the world and, and in our country as well. I also noticed that today there are special toys, special heated dog houses, uh, make sure your dog likes that or they'll rip it to shreds for you. Special diapers. My daughter-in-law taught me that. Special diapers for potty training dogs. Go to the, her dad's house, run to the wedding, and there's this dog running around with a diaper on him. What's that about? Well, I guess you know what it's about. And people who make their living walking them, washing them, and grooming them. Now, we know a lot about dogs, don't we? Not so in the Bible. In the Bible... They were generally uh, not fluffy little bundles of furry love to snuggle with, right? I know you can't imagine that. They were not thought of as man's best friend. And by the way, let me just say this because I'm on the subject of this. It has really not much to do with what I'm talking about, but I want to say it anyway. If someone has a dog who is their best friend, 
and they can't live without that dog, I want you to know something about them, maybe somebody in your family. What they are really saying is that I feel completely rejected by humans, and I get all my love and acceptance from a dog, or a cat, or a horse. And I'm just here to tell you, God never intended for us at all to be married to our pets. And if that's you, get your relationship fixed with people, especially your spouse, because that dog or that cat or that horse should not be number one in your life. And I know why you're doing that, because you don't get care from somebody else. And that's where we should get it, a, pu a, a real human being. I actually uh, talked with a woman one time, and I could tell she didn't know Jesus as her savior. And I asked her if I could share how to get to heaven with her. Could I tell her what the Bible says about how we can pass from having to go to hell to, ha to getting to go to heaven? And she said, well, before you tell me that, I am not going to listen to you if you don't believe all my dogs and cats are going to be with me in heaven. If you don't believe that, I don't want to hear another word you say. And I said, thank you for letting me speak with you, and I left. Because I can't say that your pets are going to be in heaven with you. Do I think there are some animals in heaven? I do. Uh, when Jesus comes back in the second coming, we're all going to be riding white horses. But I don't know if there's cats and dogs. I certainly know yours aren't there, if you want to be mad at me. I actually walked away from that, and I ran into a person. I said, you know, I tried to share Christ with this person, and they wouldn't let me do it unless I told them I believed their, their pets went to heaven. And this person says, Pastor Greg, what's wrong with you? Of course our pets are going to go to heaven. And I thought, how big is this movement that I don't know about? Um, I, I'm sorry, they're not. And uh, don't expect that. Heaven is not about you being with your pet. And if you're, so, if you're so bound to that pet that that's where you're getting all your love, you need to come talk to somebody and get some help with that. God didn't mean that to be, okay? Now, that was free of charge. I just added that, you know, about dogs and pigs, but there you go. So what were dogs considered in Bible times? Well, to do that, we have to look at what God says about the actions of people that are not right and not good. So I, I would suggest Proverbs 9.8. Proverbs 9.8. It says, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. See, one of the things we're talking about when Jesus said, do not throw your pearls and your, and your holy things before dogs and pigs, what he said is there are people out there uh, that, like in this verse, are scoffers, they make fun of the gospel, they make fun of God, they don't want anything to do with God, they hate God, and uh, they, will, they will hate you for bringing it up. And they will hate you that you think that's important. There are people out there like that, that's my only point. Jesus is talking about people and their character. Reprove a scoffer and he will hate you. Jesus would like to spare you from a little bit of hatred by what he's commanding us here today. I go to Proverbs 23.9, another illustration of that. Where it says, do not speak in the hearing of a fool. And uh, anybody in our high school youth group can tell you what a fool is because we've been studying it. A fool is somebody who doesn't learn from their mistakes. A fool is somebody who gets information that can make them wiser and they reject it. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool for he will despise the wisdom of your words. 
A lot of people, when they hear the gospel, make fun of it, poo-poo it, say that's stupid, it doesn't make any sense, why would God do that? And they just mock it and, and malign it and tear it to shreds. And that might be your first indication that this might be one of the people, one of the characteristics that Jesus was talking about in Matthew 7, probably is. Dogs in those days were scavengers. They went around eating dead things. They ate things that, you know, uh, you and I wouldn't, we can't stand the smell of, let alone eat it. And in Exodus chapter 23, 31, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 23, I almost said 22, 31, read my own writing. It's actually in type there. 2231. There we go. It says, you shall be holy men to me, God speaking. Therefore, you shall not eat any flesh torn into pieces in the field. You will throw it to the dogs because dogs eat that kind of stuff. They don't care. That's, the, that's what, what they are. And Jesus means for that to be understood spiritually. So uh, in, in the dictionary of the Greek New Testament, the word for dog was kuon, or, and you'll recognize, kunos, so coons, all right? And uh, guys hunt with coons and stuff. And in the dictionary, it says of that word for dog, uh, this is passive, and it is taken figuratively, and that's what we're talking about, of unclean persons, and must be a proverbial saying, and in its present context appears to be a warning against untimely and imprudent approaches to those in need of counsel or correction. Watch out. You go to correct this person, you could get ripped to shreds. You need to watch out for that. So, uh, a warning. All right? Next, we want to talk a little bit about what was a pig in uh, Bible times. That's not going to be so long, okay? In Deuteronomy 14.8, I won't take the time to read that. But you learn there that if uh, that you can't eat a pig because although it divides the hoof, it doesn't chew the cud, and that's out of bounds. So for Israel, it was forbidden. This is part of the dietary laws. You cannot eat a pig. Now, Jesus annulled the dietary laws, all right? And so uh, pork is okay. So if next week you show up with some pork, we'll thank God and, and be happy, all right, uh, for the potluck. But in the Old Testament, they were forbidden. They were looked at as something uh, that was unclean, all right? And that's what we need to hear. Uh, he's, he's talking about people. He's saying these people are unclean. In 2 Peter uh, 2.22, I know I've got a lot of verses. Don't get discouraged. It's, it's for our good. Second uh, Peter 2.22, Peter says this, and it has happened to them, according to the true, true proverb, and he's talking about Proverbs 26, 11, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow, after washing, returns to wallow in the mire. You washing your sows, unless it's right before they farrow, you, you're probably wasting your time. They're going to go back and get dirty. If a dog has an upset stomach, uh, he'll try it again the next time. And uh, that's what Peter says. Uh, this is... This is sometimes people that take the word of God and they vomit it out. They eat it again, they'll vomit it out. Or after getting washed by hearing the word, uh, they wallow in the mire. And that's not a good thing. They trample the good things under their feet and they spread waste on those good things. They spread waste on those good things. That's what, that's what hogs do. All right, in Hebrews 10, 29. 
It says, how much severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean? So there's our two words. The blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the spirit of grace. There are people in the world that when you tell them how to get to heaven, they will insult you. They will insult your God. They will make fun of the gospel message. They'll say it's just ridiculous how anybody could think that a man could die for somebody else's sins. And I don't want to hear it anymore. And they trample the good things of God. They don't listen to the good things of God. And it's not going to help them because of that. Uh, the word for pearl uh, that, that uh, is used in this text in Matthew 7. The Greek word for it is margaritas. And I know what you're thinking. It's not that. Uh, it's, it's a pearl. And the dictionary says, in imagery, which is what this is, in a proverb, again, what this is, throw pearls to swine means entrust something precious. And that's because of the value of placed on pearls in antiquity. Also, people who cannot and will not appreciate it. What he's saying is that in antiquity, it was valuable. And you don't give that to people who won't appreciate it, and they won't do something good with it. One day, years ago, exactly December the 16th, 167 BC, there was a pig, and a man named Antiochus Epiphanes IV took it into the Jewish temple on the altar, and he slaughtered a pig on the altar. How much more desecrating and, and defiling could you possibly get? He created an abomination of desolation. Now, sometimes people confuse that with the coming abomination of desolation of the Antichrist. Some people believe that was the tribulation. It's not. It's on its way. We're getting closer every minute. And, and our rapture is getting closer. But Antiochus desecrated the temple of God by taking an unclean animal and slaughtering it and sacrificing it to his god Zeus on December 16, 167 B.C. And the Antichrist is going to do the same thing to the holy things of God with a pig, except he's going to proclaim himself God in that time. All right. Jesus says, do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before the swine. We have a, we have a better understanding of what he means by this imagery now. Or here's what will happen if you do. See, you could decide to do what he said, do not do. You could. They said, what's going to happen to you is they will trample them under your feet, the good things of God, and then they will turn on the messenger and rip you to shreds. You know, sometimes I hear about people in town that hate me. I don't even know who they are, but they hate me. I hope it's because of my stand for Christ. I hope it's because I try to teach the truth. I hope that's the reason. I hope it's not because I did something I shouldn't do to them but they, they tear me to shreds behind their back. And if you're standing up for Jesus Christ and you're witnessing for Christ where you work, they're going to do the same thing to you, and you may not know about it. But that's okay. Remember the disciples, when they were flogged for preaching for Jesus Christ, they, they went out glorifying God because they were counted in heaven as worthy of being uh, shamed in front of people because of him. So here's what he says in verse 6. Don't give what is holy to corrupt God-haters or offer them God's value. Now, I want to say again, I would never not share the gospel with anybody if I had the chance. If I just met them, I'm going to do that if I can. I don't know what kind of person they are, but if they prove to be a hater of God, 
a wicked evildoer that's going to mock and scoff and make fun of the things of God and, and call his, his gospel a joke, I'm going to have different thoughts. I'm going to be thinking Matthew 7, 6. I don't need to do this. Jesus said I didn't have to. Now, if they decide to change someday and want to talk, okay. But I'm not going to put all my effort into those people. That's what the do not means. It means do not. Overall, the religious leaders of the day, they fit in Jesus' category of dogs and pigs. And if you don't believe that, and what, uh, then you need, well, we'll get to it eventually, but read Matthew 23 where Jesus tells you what their religious leaders are really like. He says they are whitewashed sepulchers. In other words, you take a tomb in Israel, it's a cave, it's a hole in the ground or in the rocks, and you put a rock in front of it when there's a dead body decaying in there. And Jesus said your religious leaders are one of those dead sepulcher tombs that somebody whitewashed, and it looks good on the outside, but in the inside, they're full of dead men's bones. They have no response to God. They have no spirituality for God. They don't think good things about the thing of God. And Jesus said, they're like a tomb that looks good on the outside. Check it on the inside. It's stinky. It's smelly. It's rotten. There's death in there. He also said, you guys will travel halfway around the world to make a proselyte, a, con a convert to Judaism. And then when they do, these children that come to, come to God in faith, then you take them, he says, and you make them twice the sons of hell that you are. Ouch. And that's just two verses out of an entire chapter where Jesus tells people what these enemies of God are really like. Now, they're not all enemies. Some of them in that group heard the truth. And they got out of the group. Like Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who came to Jesus. Remember that. As a whole, they were full of dogs and pigs. But when Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, he didn't say, no, you're a dog and a pig, get out. He said, here's a guy that is different. Here's a guy that wants to know. He's a teacher of Israel, and he doesn't even understand salvation, but Jesus said, I'll tell you. And he took his time to do that. We need to do that too. Because sometimes you can't label the whole group. There's people inside, you take them as individuals. So the dogs and pigs are those who hate the gospel, work against Jesus, have no concern for God or his ways or his work, and they try to, they try to wipe out the truth. Uh, they have an evil character, and they're God-haters. Well, Dr. Keener said this about verse 6 in Matthew. If verse 6 means something along these lines, it does not allow us to prejudice who may receive our message. You don't make a decision by seeing somebody and saying, oh, that, that guy's like a dog or a pig. I'm not going to waste my time even trying to talk to him. No, you don't know that. You don't know that. So I always try. I can't work with you if, if it's contingent upon your pets being with you in heaven. I can't. I can't imagine somebody turning down eternal life because of their dog. But it does forbid us to try to force it on those who show no inclination or acceptance to the message of eternal life. Now, you're going to have to figure this out on your own when you're facing somebody and how much do I do here? How much can I say here? I can't decide that for you. I'm just trying to tell you this is what it says. And I, I've been praying and making sure I, I think this is what God is saying to the best of my ability. Now, what are you and I going to do with it? 
Think about this. If we should ever give up on trying to reach a person, should we ever give up on trying to ask a person to come to know Christ and then follow up with them? Should we never quit someone? Should we always be willing to sacrifice ourselves to reach them? And to that, I think Jesus would say, what did I just say? What did I say? Now, I think there's a difference. I know people that are like that, but I don't ever stop praying for them. But I don't have that prayer time with them. They don't even know I'm praying for them. But I gave up on killing myself trying to reach them because I didn't want to get mocked and torn apart for no good reason. And because Jesus said, do not. Jesus said there are risks to you being torn apart by the enemy you're trying to reach. And I think Jesus is trying to spare you extra pain. Jesus said that helping them, you will experience every good thing you give to be trampled into the dirt and the filth they live in, and they will care less that they have done that to the things of God. So it takes some discernment on your part. What's going on here? I remember uh, trying to counsel a couple, and I finally realized that one of them would fit this category. And I got tired of the mocking. I got tired of him pretending. I got tired of him lying. His wife is dying in a pile, and she's doing everything right, and he's doing everything wrong. And I finally decided she's going to get ripped to shreds and torn apart if I go any further. It's already bad enough. So I ended on a Thursday morning and said, I, I'm sorry, I'm done. And I told him why I was done. She cried, and he was happy to get out of there. And so I just quit. I'd reached the point where I knew what I was dealing with. I would have helped her if she wanted to stay, but they came together. She couldn't. Did Paul ever do this? He's a great example. Well, yes, he did. Acts 13, 46. And we're getting close to being done here, so hang in there. Hope Children's Church goes over. Paul and Barnabas spoke boldly in Acts uh, 13, 46 and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiate it and judge it yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. You know what that means? Paul says, I'm done here. Uh, you're treating this terribly, and I don't need to kill myself to do it, so I'm out of here. He says again in Acts 18.6, But when they resisted and blasphemed, and shook out, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I'm going to the Gentiles. He said, I tried, and this is the way you're treating God. I'm going to go someplace where my time is, is taken more seriously, and people are listening. And then another illustration, the last one, in Acts 19.9. But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way, which is Christianity, before the people, he withdrew from them, and he took away the disciples, the ones that really wanted to learn, reasoning with them in a rented school, in a rented school place of Tyrannus. So Paul the Apostle took Jesus at his word. Maybe we can. We should. So here's some uh, applications if you're following in your bulletin. Number one, do not give holy things and God's great wisdom to those who oppose, are closed to, and hate God. Secondly, where the truth is not welcomed and battled against, we should not give it. Number three, Correcting a dog can result in getting torn by him. John the baptizer had his life ended because he corrected the king 
and the king was a fool. And finally, there is a difference between resistance to the gospel and open hostility and hatred of it. And that's what Jesus is talking about. All right, now it's up to you to go out and figure out how you're going to do that when you're trying to tell people about Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for <clears throat> thinking about our hearts and that it really isn't uh, your goal to have us torn apart and beat up and spit on and hated all the time and to put ourselves in those situations where we just have to keep bringing it to ourselves and keep, keep putting up with it. You've told us there's a, there's a time we can stop. And I pray that you would receive thanks for uh, putting some sanity in those issues. And I pray that each one of us would uh, take this passage and figure out how we're going to use it. But I pray that we do use it. Because I'm pretty sure when you said do not, you meant do not. In your name I pray. Amen.